0: Hey, thanks for joining me again today. So today we're going to be talking with Frank Gouda. He's going to give us some ideas on how to begin planning for retirement. It's never too late to start retirement planning, but the sooner the better. So we'll get right into it right after this short message. Uh, Mr. Frank Gouda. Thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, this is going to be a wealth of information, I think, for a lot of the listeners out there. And you are an author, and your book is titled Safe Retirement Roadmap. And I think that's something that's very, very important for, for me, uh, or you know, anybody that's approaching the age of 60, or we hope that they do it beforehand. Uh, Now, you also have your very own uh, CPA practice and everything,
1: correct? Correct. Thank you for having me on the show, first of all. Yeah, I've been in practice for about 35 years. I just sold my CPA practice last year and my focus is primarily on retirement planning because as I'm getting older, my clients are getting older and a lot of them don't understand about investments and how to protect themselves and how to get an income stream that's going to last for the rest of their lives. So I help them with situations. Yeah.
0: I would imagine there must be a lot of people uh, who think that Social Security is going to work for them, and that's going to be enough, but i that's not true, is it? No, not at
1: all. In fact, Social Security was just meant to supplement your retirement. Most people that retired at our parents' age and earlier, most of them had pensions. Today, less than 20% of the population has pensions. Therefore, we need to create our own. And I can show you ways how we can create our own pension. Because when we retire, our mindset is different than when we were working. We were working, we were putting money in our 401k plan, and if the market went up or down, as long as we were not taking money out, we would have been okay. But as you get closer to retirement, which I call the retirement danger zone, The five years before you retire and the first five years during retirement, you've got to be very careful. You can't afford to be in the market because nobody knows when the market will go up or down. And if you retire, like some people that retired in 2001 and 2008, now they retire, the market goes down. They're taking out money. It's like digging a hole with two shovels. One, the market's going down, two, you're taking out money, and that could end up in a death spiral, and you could run out of money. So that could be a big problem. So you've got to be very careful during that danger zone to make sure you protect what you have and then create an income stream that you cannot outlive.
0: So that's very interesting. Like you said, five years before and five years after are very, very important. Uh When is it that people should really start thinking about retirement? Should they start thinking when they're in their 20s or can they wait till they're 40 or 50 years old?
1: My always I tell young people start early because it makes a huge difference. In your 20s, if you could put away even a couple of hundred dollars a month will make a huge difference. And if you wait till your 40s, all that 20 years that went by could make a huge difference. You could probably put five, six, seven, a thousand dollars a month and it might not be enough. To catch up to the twenty-year-old that put a couple of hundred dollars away, because the time value of money, and you all of that. So definitely start as soon or as early as possible. Most of my clients and my Democrats fix up fifty-five and older, so they've already saved some money, or you know have quite a bit of money that they've put aside in their retirement account. I just want to make sure they change their mindset from growth to protection and for guarantees instead of you know depending on the vagaries of the stock market
0: is there is there a number like a dollar figure that somebody should be at or have a goal if they're 50 years old would it be something like $100,000 or 200 or 50,000 is there a goal In
1: everybody's situation is different so what i look at is look at your income and your expenses so the key is what are you spending right now do you still have a mortgage on your house? Do you still have you know, kids going to college, etc.? Look at your expenses right now. Look at what's coming in. See if you have any extra money to put away more for retirement. And then I do a projection of what your income needs would be at retirement. Now your paycheck has stopped. You're going to collect Social Security. You could be 65 or 68 or whatever date you decide you want to retire. Uh, You look at your expenses, see how much Social Security will pay. If you have a pension, you're lucky you're in the 20%. If you count those two things, what is the shortfall? And then you try to work backwards from whatever assets you have based on what your shortfall is. Then I'd work backwards and calculate that and say, okay, you need to have a million dollars or you need to have $750,000 to be able to generate that shortfall at retirement.
0: I imagine that this probably has a little bit about how, what type of lifestyle you're currently living and what type of lifestyle you want to live during retirement. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, most people live paycheck to paycheck. I'd be surprised. I had some clients, doctors, surgeons that made half a million, a million dollars a year, and they were broke. Came tax time, they spent everything, (laughs) and came tax time, they didn't have money to pay their taxes. And I would say to them, look, you got to cut down your, you know, your lifestyle. It's it's so difficult when you're living up here to go down. But if you down, you can slowly, slowly creep up and live a little bit better stuff. So it's better to sacrifice early to get the benefits later. I
0: guess that kind of holds true, and no matter what we do, it's 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 more difficult living and staying at the top and maintaining Absolutely. that than it is to start little lower and be comfortable then you can always work your Absolutely. way up
1: look at guys like bill gates and yeah. bezos they worked out they started out in the garage and look at these guys today yeah yeah that's you know that is so
0: so yeah. true if, if they said well i don't want to work in the garage i want to live up here exactly. they probably would not be up here at the top now. and when i have quite wow. a few small uh, business
1: clients and you know what, I can always tell guys that have come in the first year and they make a lot of money and they're all of a sudden building a big house and buy a brand new car and taking on five star hotel vacations. And then when they have lean times, they go broke and the business goes out of business instead of being careful during the years when they when they do well and reinvest in the business instead of, instead of say- blowing it on, on luxury items. <clears throat> <laughs>
0: Right. Yeah. First lesson is don't blow your money when you get it. Exactly. You know? uh, now, I know in, in your book, you, you've got certain steps. Like you said, it, it's the uh, safe retirement roadmap. Uh, can you kind of go over uh, maybe a little bit about that roadmap and how somebody would start and that, that path that they want to take towards retirement?
1: Sure. You know, today, like I said, we are living longer and longer, more than any generation before us. So the big challenge is, is how, how to make sure your money lasts as long as you do. So the first bucket is your emergency bucket, because you want to have money that is liquid, available, because emergencies will happen, and usually happen at the most inopportune time. So you don't want a, long, a short-term emergency to mess up your long-term goals. So whatever you feel comfortable, you could have six months or a year's worth of expenses kept in an account, a savings account, or so for emergencies. Even though it's not earning much interest, but you need the liquidity bucket so that if emergencies happen, you're okay. The second bucket is your growth bucket. This is the bucket where you invest for the long term. could be stocks, bonds, mutual funds, a growth annuity, real estate, whatever you feel comfortable with. This asset will continue to grow and not only keep up with inflation, but actually outpace inflation. The third bucket is your income bucket. This is the bucket where you would be guaranteed an income stream for the rest of your life. And there's only three vehicles that can give you this guaranteed lifetime income. One is Social Security, which is essentially an annuity issued by the U.S. government. The second is a pension. But like I said, less than 20% of the population has a pension. So we need to create our own. And the only way we can create our own is through an annuity. Why an annuity? Because insurance companies have both sides of the equation. They've got life insurance in case you die too soon. They've got annuities in case you live too long. So what is an annuity? Some people have this misconception an annuity is an investment just like any other investment except you do it with an insurance company. So every investment can pay you dividends, interest, or it could pay you part of your principal or rental income or whatever. But insurance companies have the secret sauce, which is longevity credits. So what is longevity credits? This is credits, what they do, they have actuaries on staff that make these calculations, say, based on your life expectancy, and they take the entire U.S. population and they do these calculations and they can guarantee you an income stream that will last you for the rest of your life, even if your account value goes down to zero. So they do that because wow. they've got calculations for that side of the equation and then they've got life insurance in case you die too soon. So they've got both bases covered and that's how they can do this, whereas you know, banks, stocks, mutual funds cannot do this. They can only have one side
0: okay. of the
1: equation. Okay. Yeah,
0: I, I do not know much about this uh, annuities and stocks, but I, you know, you often hear people talk about IRA and Roth IRA accounts. Right. So um, the annuity is something that one should definitely look for. Correct. If they want to longevity. Line. Correct. Okay.
1: Right. It's basically passing on the risk from yourself to a major U.S. corporation. The fourth bucket is the legacy bucket. This is what you want to leave for the next generation. Now, some people may want to not leave anything for the next generations, but for, <laughs> but for those who do, there is ways where you can transfer assets to the next generations for pennies on the dollar, estate, and income tax-free. But what's more important is that it'll give you... Your permission uh, give you essentially a permission slip to spend all your money because the kids are already taken care of. You know, some people feel guilty, like, "Hey, I can't spend all my money because my, Susie or Bobby, you know, needs my money." And what am I going to leave for them? But if you do it this way, if you already took care of the kids, you can spend everything you got because you can do this without guilt, and you can enjoy your life. Um, it's.
0: I need to look into doing annuities now. Uh, the, the one thing is, as of recent, and we are at the end of 2021. Right. I've been seeing a lot and hearing a lot of things as far as uh, the economy in the U.S. Uh, stock market is going to crash, and we are in for big trouble. Uh, is it safe to still have or get into annuities even at a time like this? Sure,
1: there's different kinds of annuities. You've got variable annuities, which are invested in the stock market, and they have the same risk like the stock market. You've got fixed annuities, just like a CD, but the interest rates are so low. Then the one I really like is the indexed annuity. This is a combination of both. One, your principal is protected. So what they do, they buy options against the stock market. So when the market goes up, you don't get all the upside, but you get a share in the upside. And some of them are good, where they even get a bigger percentage of the upside. But when the market goes down, you lose nothing. So the worst you can do in any one year is get a zero return. So that's where annuities play a very, very, especially if you're 55 and over. You want to look at something like that. Because when you're in the 20s and 30s, an annuity might not be appropriate because you're willing to take a little bit more risk and because you're not going to touch the money for 20, 30 years. And historically, the market does go up over time.
0: All right. Now, this definitely tells me that one should look for a professional such as yourself to help them plan the retirement and because there's more than just throwing it in the bank and saving it or taking a risk and investing it you really need an expert to help guide you and to place your your retirement money and your living uh
1: to really help maintain what it is that you have absolutely you know, most people don't understand. They read a little bit here and there, and they take a lot more risk than they need to. Or if they put it in a savings account just from inflation, and this year with the way the government has been printing money, it looks like inflation is going to be 5 or 6% this year. And if you're getting a half a percent in your savings account, your money value is going down without even, you know. So that doesn't make sense, other than your emergency money, of course. But for growth portfolio, you want to look for something that's going to grow, not only grow, but outpace inflation.
0: I guess that's the other thing that people need to understand and look at is uh, the value of that dollar today compared to the value of that dollar tomorrow. Absolutely. Take a look at where the inflation is going. Correct.
1: Even Um, in the last 25, 30 years, inflation has been relatively low. But 30 years ago, $20 would buy an entire grocery cart full of groceries. Today, what can you buy with $20? Really nothing, maybe two items, you know? So, yeah, you are got to look, mm-hmm. you know, because when you're retiring, and, and you might retire for 30, 35 years. Some people, most people, you know, uh, lived in the 80s, 90s, up, many people over 100. So you got to address
0: those issues. I guess that's the other thing. Yeah, you were saying this earlier where it, it's, We are living longer and longer, so now people need to really, I think, take into consideration, do I retire early and get less out of my Social Security or whatever it might be, or do I wait until full retirement benefits because that would make a huge difference, especially if you're in excellent health, but you're not a multimillionaire, but you are going to live to be 95 years old. You you may not have enough money to carry you through.
1: Uh most people that that I don't really recommend people to take I mean there's a without any with within certain exceptions. At sixty two, what happens one you get twenty five percent less than what you would have gotten full full retirement, which is at age sixty seven today. And at age seventy is when you can get the maximum social security because that will grow at eight percent a year. So if you have longevity in your family And you're willing to wait a little bit 70 might be the ideal time to start taking social security Uh, some people can wait to age full 67 and take social security at that time as well because it'll take about 12 or 13 years to break even if you wait until age 70. so if you're living to age 90 you'll come out ahead but you know if you if you die sooner you might lose out but at age 62 the other disadvantage is that you can only earn a certain amount I believe it's $18,500. So if you're making 50000 a year and you start collecting age at 62, you're going to have to give all that money back to Uncle Sam. So there's oh. no point in, you know, so you're going to look at that, what your income is going to, be, and not dividend income or interest income, but salary or uh, working income. So if your W-2 is going to be more than $18,000, it makes no sense. To collect social
0: security at age sixty-two. Okay, now that's very, very helpful because I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there that uh, did not understand that, and you put it out there in very basic terms. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to try to repeat it. So, age sixty-two, if you retire, you're going to be getting twenty-five percent less. You said right uh, than and your full benefit, one hundred percent of full vested. Right. If you wait till age 67, you get your 100 percent, So say we're at 1,000 dollars, you get 1,000, but that 1,000 stays, never grows, never gets any less. Um, but if you wait till age 70, that 1,000 is 1,000 that first year. percent year uh, the it rest. grows by eight percent. Correct. It, it, Correct. And, and they do have so, a cost of
1: living allowance increase, so they give you like a three percent increase every year, just based on you know cost of living. But other than the cost of living increase, it Got doesn't you. go up. You're right. I,
0: I I would say that if there's any of my friends or anybody out there that's a regular listener that's at 60 years of age, and you're just doing okay, and you're in good health, wait till you're 70, because right. that eight percent is a huge difference. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Uh, I also like in my book that I I mentioned about roadblocks in retirement. I think that's another thing people need to probably Mm -hmm. think about. You know, the first roadblock, as we know, is stock market risk. If you're in that retirement danger zone, you want to prevent yourself from losing money in the market like what happened in 2001 and 2008. The other roadblock is inflation, because what costs today and twenty, thirty years down the road will cost a lot more to buy the same goods and services. So you need to protect yourself against that. The third roadblock is long-term care risk. Now, what is long-term care? A lot of people have this misconception about long-term care. It's not being able to do six of the daily living activities. You're not being able to do two of the six daily living activities. Like bathing, eating, getting out of bed, going to the bathroom, etc. So, if you can do two of those six things, you need long term care, or if you have Alzheimer's or dementia. You know, there's a 70% chance that a 65 year old will need some kind of care during their lifetime. Every 40 seconds, somebody in America has a stroke. That's That statistic really blew my mind. I couldn't believe it. You know, so we need to address those issues. And the government has come up with the Pension Protection Act back in 2010 to help pay for long-term care expenses. So you can put money aside in an investment and it will pay you a multiple of that to pay for long-term care, income tax-free. So we've got to look into that as well for people that, you know, want to be able to make sure that they can protect themselves and long 24 hour care the average cost of 24 hour care in the United States is seventeen thousand a month that can put a lot of people out of you know and uh, unless you're dead poor but if you're an average person not very wealthy that could really put a big strain on your retirement the other yeah. the other uh, roadblock we have is longevity risk because we are living longer and longer and therefore you know it's it's another risk that we have to take care of so that we don't run out of money but of these four risks what is the biggest risk of them all i believe it's longevity risk and why do i say that because the longer you live the greater the chance you're going to run into inflation the longer you live the greater the chance you're going to need long-term care the longer you live, the greater the chance you are going to run into the stock market debacle like what happened in 2001 and 2008. But what if we can take longevity risk off the table? I believe we can. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds cannot take longevity risk off the, ta- off the table. Only annuities can. Why? Because annuities guarantee you an income stream for as long as you live. So that's, that's well, something that we need to look into. There's many, many studies done, Boston College, Wall Street Journal, uh, renowned professors that have always talked about this. Uh, there's some some uh, stockbrokers that are out there that say, well, don't get an annuity, but it's like saying, there's some good annuities and some annuities that have high fees. You don't want to select those, but you want to be careful and, and select the right annuities that make sense for you.
0: This definitely goes back to me saying that, you know, it's many of us may have thought that we could do this on our own and plan, but this is definitely something that you need to at least get Frank Gouda's book, You know, Safe Retirement Roadmap. Yeah, the title is, or hire him.
1: The title is Your Safe Retirement Roadmap.
0: Ah, so where can they go to find uh, your book, um, Your Safe Retirement Roadmap? It's on
1: Amazon. It's available on Amazon. It's published. It just recently got published. So you can just go to Amazon.com and uh, go to Your Safe Retirement Roadmap, and it's there. Okay.
0: All right. Yeah, again, I'm, I'm saying this over and over and over because it just um, dumbfounds, amazes. It's an astonishing how much there is to know about retirement. It's not like, oh, I'm 62 or I'm 65. I'm going to quit working and I'm
1: going to retire. It's not that simple. Exactly. Yeah, you've got to look at your numbers, see what you need to live on. You still have a mortgage. You still have kids in college. So where are you? Where are you standing in life and what's, what's your expenses? What's your immediate you know, basic expenses that you need to live on? And then how much extra do you have for entertainment and everything else? But you've got to definitely cover your basic expenses so you don't have that stress in life, you know, to worry about how you're going to make ends meet or go back to working as a greeter at Walmart.
0: I don't know. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> no, you, I'm sure you'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, I want to ask you this because I, this, this, to me, kind of ties in with this retirement, but it, I don't, don't think it's in your area, but if you don't mind me asking... Do very many people at that retirement age or when they come to retirement look at moving someplace that would be more beneficial? Or is that something that you even discuss with some of your clients? Absolutely, I have. Actually,
1: I live in South Florida, and real estate prices have really started to go very, very high. And many of them have been here 30, 40, 50 years. So they go to an area, a smaller town, northern Florida or central Florida, or if they want to stay in the state or some other state, and they sold the house here for seven hundred thousand dollars. They can get the same house somewhere else in a small town for two hundred thousand now they got an additional five hundred thousand to invest to replace that income, pay cash for the house that they buy in a smaller town and then they got less expenses you know if they're in a smaller town, you might instead of needing two cars you need one car uh you know uh, probably internet t v and you know and not a hell of a lot of expenses to. So definitely, definitely people have done that. Uh, Some people, you know, like to be on motorhomes and they just go around all over the country.
0: Yeah. Um, You know, for me, since it's uh, very cold and snowy here, uh, I always used to hear uh, people being snowbirds and they go someplace warmer during the retirement days and then they come back to home.
1: Yeah. And and you're welcome to come to Florida Uh, when you retire.
0: Well, I love cruising, and I I, I would like to be uh, someplace near the port of Miami, as long as they're still cruising in the future. Yes, yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, is there a point in time when people say, well, I'm throwing in the towel, I'm too old, I'm not even going to start, or I'm not even going to worry about retirement because I'm, I'm 65 and I haven't started anything. Can they still start when they're 65? Is there something that they should do to save, or... Or do they really need to look at the overall picture and say, I don't need to have that much cable TV. I don't need to have three cars, things like that. Absolutely.
1: You've got to look at your personal situation. So say you're 65 years old and you haven't saved anything. You haven't got a retirement plan. You haven't got anything. You're still working. You probably will have to continue working for a while because it's, you know because you or, or if you're going to start collecting social security and see what how much that is and you probably couldn't live where you are you might have to move somewhere else cut your expenses directly so we're going to look at everything your expenses your income uh, you know if you quit your job what's your social going to be and would that be enough for you to live are you married you're, you know you have kids you have any other obligations is your mortgage paid off uh, some people that have really really uh-huh. been in a situation that their house was paid off, they got themselves a reverse mortgage. What that does is that removes the mortgage payment and then get an income stream from that. You know, but I don't know if it makes sense for you, but everybody's situation is different, so we got to look at all options.
0: Yeah, I think I saw Tom Selleck pushing that at one time on TV. Yes, actually, I, yes, that's true, he does.
1: And it depends for the person because if you, you know, that might be one way to get an additional income stream, especially if you've got, you know, nothing to leave for anybody else.
0: That That's true. I guess that is something else to consider um, is, like you said, one of the steps... Uh, or one of your bucket systems was the legacy, and if you don't have anybody to leave anything exactly. for, you can't spend it all, or leave a little bit to uh, some nonprofit charity, or charity, yeah, exactly. Like that.
1: In fact, I have a few clients that are pretty well off, and uh, they got no beneficiaries. You know, single, no kids, no relatives, nothing. And whatever they're going to leave, they're going to leave to a charity. So I said, you know. You don't have to be frugal. Spend everything you can, enjoy your life, travel, do all the things you never got to do when you were younger.
0: It, that is so true. Yeah, because you cannot
1: take exactly. it with when
0: you when you leave this. Absolutely. <laughs> no. Absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, Some of these other things that, was, that uh, are popping into my head as far as the retirement goes and the, the longevity of life and, and safety is I'm gonna take a step back to lifestyle because right now, I I think, I'm just gonna say the last 20 or 30 years, uh, people have been living beyond their means, Mm -hmm. uh, buying those expensive cars and things like that. Uh, How do you stop one from doing that? You know, and what I noticed (laughs) that- Do you show them and say, do you, do you say okay this is what's going to happen to you if you keep spending this take a look at this picture that is a, a tent and that's a ditch and you're going to be living right there so you need to stop exactly i think i couldn't what have described
1: it better than the way you explained it that's exactly what you got to do especially professional young athletes you know they've come from college and all of a sudden they sign these big contracts and next thing you know they buy a multi-million dollar house and 16 cars and you know, it's just crazy, and you got to tell these guys, "Hey, stop it! You can enjoy yourself, but you got to make sure you put something for the future." Because, like in football, you know, some people you know don't have fifteen, twenty years of professional life. They might have to retire in five years, or they get injured. What happens then?
0: Yeah. So, for you listeners, when you go to Miami or um, Coral Gables or Boca Raton, you see these houses. And you're like oh I'm gonna get that no don't do that <laughs> save your money right unless
1: you can afford it you know and, and you have everything all the other situations in place yeah of course
0: yeah uh, I know we've gone over your bucket system but can you repeat again maybe a couple of a couple of must-do things no matter what age you are no matter where you're at in your financial uh, status what What does one need to do uh, to get started or to get a mindset on retirement?
1: Look at what you have currently. Go through all your assets. See what you have right now and how that can grow to a point where you can start drawing income from that if needed to. Uh, Look at everything, your house, your mortgage, what it's worth. Do I need to sell my house and move somewhere else? Look at all options and then look at create a budget you know, people spend more time planning a two-week vacation than spending any time for their retirement plan which could last 30 years or more so you know you need to budget look at your income what's coming in what's most people don't even know what they're spending the money on go through your expenses mm-hmm. you know go three six months see what you're spending and see where you can cut expenses uh, see where can you make more income. Uh, see if you can reallocate your assets to get a better return. Look at everything. So uh, and, and monitor it on a consistent basis. It's not a like one-time done and forget about it. You know. Uh, set goals and then revise your goals monthly. And then you know look at your stuff. What you? Okay, I projected I'm going to spend ten thousand this month, and now all of a sudden, the month goes by and you spent fifteen. I say, what the hell happened over here? Oh, we had this unusual expense and you know you're going to at least account for it you can only manage what you can measure right if you can't measure something right. you can't manage anything uh, and you i think
0: that's really good that you said you set goals and along with the goals i i think somebody or one should have a budget and they should have that budget so they're able to look at it and like i said don't just do it one time exactly yeah if you have to make some adjustments Make adjustments, but take a look at it often to know where you are at and know where you're spending with allocating the money. Absolutely. uh, This is, I mean, this is really. The information that you're providing right now is invaluable. It's, it's something that should cost money for us right now, or the listeners, but you're giving this right now free of charge.
1: No, it's my pleasure, and I want to yeah. help as many people me. as possible as I can because there's a lot of misconceptions out there, and people don't understand that if they take unnecessary risks, they could end up in a situation. Do you want me to give you an example of two clients, and I use two fictitious names?
0: Absolutely, yes.
1: So there was Mr. Smith and Ms. Jones. Both retired at age 65. Both had about a million dollars in their 401k plan. Both had an average annual return in the past while they were working of about 10%. Both uh, retired for a long time in retirement, I think 30 years. The only difference was that Mr. Smith retired five years before Ms. Jones. When Mr. Smith retired, he ran out of money during retirement. And they both withdrew, by the way, 5% from their portfolio. They thought that if they had an average annual return of 10%, if they withdrew 5%, they should be okay. Mr. Smith ran out of money by retiring five years before, and Ms. Jones was okay. So what happened? This is what's called the sequence of returns risk. Mr. Smith didn't realize that the year he retired, the market also went down. So he was, he was essentially digging a hole with two buckets, the market going down and he's taking out money. And he created himself a spiral that he could not out, out live, and he had to move in with his kids. Ms. Jones, on the other hand, five years later, when she retired, the market went up and she had a cushion. And so even when she had later, when the markets declined, she was still okay. So do you want to leave your retirement through the vagaries of the stock market, or do you want certainty? And that's what I'm all about, is to create certainty in retirement. And you can do that without taking unnecessary risk.
0: Wow. Thank you for that insight. I, it's, um, now, even though that you're in Florida, you can work with anybody uh, in any state, uh, throughout correct. the U.S. Can yes, can yes you I not? can. Okay. Okay. So, uh, again, uh, it's Frank Guta, so we want to make sure that everybody knows how to reach you, and I'll make sure that we have all the information in the description. Um, there's one thing that I also want to throw in there, because we're talking about the early retirement, and if you're a married person, now, now correct me if I'm wrong, but if you're a married person, and you retire early, and your spouse actually has that, uh, like a spousal retirement benefit, yes. their benefit goes down as well, but it goes down more than yours. So if you retire early and you get uh, docked or you're getting 25% less, the spouse actually drops even further, right?
1: No, I think when... Uh, it,
0: like 5 or 10% less? Or... Well, it depends.
1: But typically, they look at your social security on your own and your spouse's social security on their own. They can take their own benefits or they can take 50% of the spouse's benefits, which is higher. So, for example, if the husband's social security benefits was three thousand dollars a month, and the spouse was say twelve hundred a month, she could elect to take fifty percent of the spouses, which would be fifteen hundred a month, which would be the higher amount. So you can you know you've got that option. So you can look at which way it works out okay. best. But the disadvantage of social security is that if one spouse dies, you lose the lower social security. So if you're collecting three thousand from one spouse and two from the other. And if one of the spouses die, you lose the two thousand a month, so you lose twenty four thousand a year. So you got to make sure you account for that as well. Whereas with an annuity, if you're married and you select joint life, and either one spouse die, the other one continues to get that income for the rest of his or her life. So,
0: uh, here again, this is all the more reason for everybody that's listening and watching to use. A retirement specialist. Uh, I I would never have known eighty five percent of what Mr. Good is talking about right now. So, uh, yeah, I, I think you've done a uh, given out a wealth of information today. So I thank you very very much for that. Uh, is there anything that you could think of that you wanted to uh, end the uh, the podcast with?
1: Uh, just take you know look at your finances and look at where you are right now and see you know take this pretty serious because it could be you know an issue later for you in life so the sooner you can plan the better